what are your initial thoughts on the Beatitudes? So all of us are pretty well churched, right? We've been in church a lot in our lives. And whether you've heard a preaching on the Beatitudes or not, these passages feel really familiar to us. So what do you come to this list with? Like, what do you think about when you think of this list? This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, the church, and in the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and today we'll be continuing our series focusing on the Sermon on the Mount. This series is different in that it consists of an eight-week study with five daily programs to help you study the Sermon on the Mount in a much deeper way. If you want the study material or homework or more information about this series or other resources we provide, you can find them on our website, studywithfriends.org. So we're in week two, day one. Week two, day one is the Beatitudes. And I would love to hear your initial thoughts on the Beatitudes or why you think Jesus might have started this really important passage with this grouping of scriptures. Share thoughts. For me, as I was reading and in the context of where it falls uh, in the Bible, this is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. So I felt like this is um, the foundation that he's laying out for us, right? The guidelines. So you're Jesus was tempted and just overcame Satan's temptation, coming out and beginning and giving us the guidelines that show us what our rewards are for what our character is. So you're saying it sets the tone. It's it's stronger than just tone. It's foundation. Mm-hmm. I think also as just a starting point, it gives Christians like something to look forward to. He's like, hey, here's what I'm gearing you up for here's what i'm going to talk about and here's what's in store for you i may nerd out quickly. love it when you nerd out um when it comes to the structure of it i it's just one another one of those examples of god being for lack of a better word ahead of the time <laughs> because the list sort of acts as a table of contents almost mm. as an index and this is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, I think 1,400 years to be exact, before the invention of the codex, like the book as we think of it. Before that, it was all scrolls and you just had to, it was, you couldn't stop reading halfway through. So I think it makes it very um, accessible mm-hmm. to the common man who, who would be hearing it. So 100% tracking with what you're saying because as... Jesus was fully God. Anything he preached, he would have known was going to be preserved, right? The other question I want you guys to ponder with me is, um, what are your initial thoughts on the Beatitudes? So all of us are pretty well churched, right? We've been churched. We've been in church a lot in our lives. And whether you've heard a preaching on the Beatitudes or not, these passages feel really familiar to us. So what do you come to this list with? Like, what do you think about when you think of this list? Just initial, like, okay, when, if someone said to you, what are the Beatitudes about? Would you be able to articulate what you think they're about or what you've been taught? I, just from the Sunday school 
answer i always was like okay sound be attitudes my sunday school teachers were always like it sounds like bad attitudes but actually it's good attitudes to have <laughs> that was just always like that's and cute. i was like okay that's what the attitudes are i guess they're good attitudes to have that's pretty good that's pretty good that was my I love sunday, a sunday school, school answer. <laughs> a sunday school answer is really appealing because it boils it down it, it really does. if a child can understand it, yeah. it then we can understand it and grasp it right, right and that's what jesus wants us to do come to christ as children right yeah. so yeah we sometimes it simple. It. yeah mm-hmm. what were you gonna say now as far as you know the word attitude being in there it's laying that out mm-hmm. uh, but in all honesty the only one that i was able that i've always only been able to connect with is the blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god everything else for me the depth of it the understanding of it the execution of it becomes complex challenging yeah Okay. And I don't know if that's me taking the easy way out because claiming the ignorance is bliss. Mm. Uh, Actually, I think it's pretty common for people to be like, well, this is sort of a lofty Mm -hmm. ideal Mm -hmm. that Jesus doesn't really expect us to reach. He just wants us to know these are the good ways to be. And strive for them. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually pretty common. Mm-hmm. And we'll tackle that as mm-hmm. we talk through this. Mm-hmm. Because and it's, a, spoiler alert, that's not what he means. Well, also because the definition or the meaning, the, the understanding behind mm-hmm. what that entails varies. Yes. That's what we want. I want. I hope that in the homework you, you found it useful the way that I actually rephrased some of them. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that too. Uh, because, yeah, there's like debate over things like, does he mean poor in material right. or mm-hmm. poor? And so we'll talk about that in day three, actually. <laughs> so does this feel a little bit like a spiritual checklist then? I mean, honestly, for me, anytime there's a list in the Bible, my personality is to receive it as a checklist and I want to start checking it off. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Does that happen to you? I think it's very easy to when reading it, especially just the way it's worded and laid out. Um Again, kind of skipping ahead, but just the structure of the mm-hmm, wording. Mm-hmm. Um, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And just kind of the way that it's like a if-then statement mm-hmm. kind of makes it seem like, okay, if I'm mourning, God is going to comfort me. Yeah. Okay, check. Okay, yeah. what's next? Transactional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A bit. Okay. For me, I don't see this as a everyone has to be checked off. Because all of them are alluding to the same thing, mm-hmm. that the kingdom of God is ours, that, you know, uh, you for the kingdom, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, for they shall be called the sons of God. The reward is all still heading to the same thing. So it's not like, well, if you do this, you will get this. So check that. Next one. If you do this, you will do this. Check that. Mm-hmm. They're all different paths to what Jesus wants us to think, to do, to strive mm-hmm. and be. Maybe all of them weren't meant weren't meant for every single person mm-hmm. to accomplish, mm-hmm. right? Because there's there's different ways, yeah, for us to find Christ and connect with yeah. Christ. Let's tease that out. Bef- before we do that, can I think you guys are talking to it? But tell me, what is the danger of a spirit? Like, what is the danger of that business of checking things off? Kinda and like- while we're talking about that, would you do you have? Do you have your phone? Yeah. Would you look up Galatians 5, 22 and 23? Sure. I'm have I have it right here. Oh, perfect. Go ahead then, Ange. Give me your, your thoughts on the danger of a, a spiritual checklist and then 
Renew, I'm going to have you read that. For me, with a checklist, once I check something off, I see it as done. Mm-hmm. So I think the danger of a spiritual checklist is you think, okay, I've mourned. God has comforted me. Mm-hmm. That's done with. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to view it as completed and almost not live in the blessing that God has for you because you just view it as done or you could just go through the list and view any of those as that like the transactional part okay God I'm yeah. expecting this from you you said this here I'm checking it off where is it mm-hmm. which that. to a certain degree that's actually okay because God is making us promises of what the relationship with him will look like but By taking it as a checklist, that keeps it on the outside. Like, I'm going to do this, and you're going to do that. And that's an outward experience. What I think we want to drive towards this week is that the Beatitudes are like a being. They are being statements. They're not doing statements. Even though they look like doing statements, they're really being a, a way of being a kingdom dweller, a, dis, a disciple of Christ and what that looks like. And I think we all know this, but it bears saying that we don't do this on our own strength. We don't do it because we make a decision to be better. We are able to be this because of the spirit that lives in us, because of the grace that God gives us. And I said this last week, it's one of my favorite sayings. I wish I could give credit to the person. I read a devotional in the version Bible, so maybe someone can email me from, this was like eight years ago, but he did this whole devotional called Grapes Don't Grunt. And what it was about was, oh, you've said that before. <laughs> it's such it's such a great I thing recognize to hold that, on yeah. to because what he was saying was, it, it was really about the John 17, um, I think it's John 17, um, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And um, he, you abide in me and I will abide in you. And uh, the vine and the branches bring to mind, you know, the grapevine and the fruit naturally is produced on a healthy vine. And that's the idea that like the grapes don't have to like exert themselves to be grapey. Mm-hmm. They just are grapey <laughs> because you know what I'm saying? Though? Yeah. Because of the fact that they are connected to the vine and it is what they were designed to be. I'll probably say it again and again, because that's really a theme of the sermon. I did pull out the, the, the sort of the thesis statement of the sermon to be verse six, eight, which is do not be like them. But the surrounding body is be like this. And then I think if you love Jesus and you want to try to align with that, then you want to say, how, how do I be like that? That goes against everything that I be, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Like I feel angry. I feel murderous. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel gossipy. I feel whatever. And so that's the question. And so I think it's good for us to draw a thread of grapes not needing to grunt. Like we don't need to exert anything to produce the fruit that God intends for us to produce. And the Beatitudes live squarely in that thinking. It's of course serendipitous meaning god's timing that just two weeks ago when we were in church we listened to a hymn that threw off a red flag for me i was like does that sound kind of prosperity gospel-ish to anyone else and you were like i i don't know what you're talking about but i can guarantee you no because it wouldn't be in our hymn book if it was yeah our pastor's pretty um, militant yeah he about would that. never <laughs> let that happen <laughs> 
Um, but I'm, you know, I, I'm very skeptical. And so I went to the fount of all my favorite wisdom, which is Julia Bear. And as usual, she cleared it up and then laid me out. Uh, but something that she, as we were discussing the prosperity gospel in general, which I think mm-hmm. is almost a danger here. Mm-hmm. It, it can be. Um, sort of like God is a piggy bank. Mm-hmm. This has been like, well, okay, to, if you, you want know, the kingdom to, of heaven. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even so always materialistic, but this transactional thing that Ange mm-hmm. was talking about. And she said a lot of great things. But one of the best things she said was she said that the prosperity gospel teaches that God exists for us when in reality we exist for God. And so, which fits pretty well in this. She also coined the phrase the disadvantaged gospel, which I felt very called out by but accurately, which she said was the flip side of the prosperity gospel and just as heinous. Mm-hmm. The idea that God is out to get you. God wants you to be poor and mourn and be hungry. That also is assuming that God exists for you. Mm-hmm. She said it's still putting you at the center of the, of the gospel yes. when you're not at the center of the gospel. Preach Jesus Julia. is at the yeah. center of the gospel. <laughs> she always does. I know. So <laughs> someday we'll have her in the circle. Uh, one day. But so that she was just we were talking about that last week. That's an interesting tie. Can you oh Renew, do you have Galatians five, twenty two and twenty three? Do you have it? Yes. Oh, would you um, mind reading it? Sorry, yes. Gianna, I took that from you. Go for it. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Can you tell me how, if you think it does at all, that grouping of characteristics or qualities, how does that compare to the Beatitudes? Do you think there's any relationship? If you do, tell me why. If you don't, tell me why. So when we look at at the the Beatitudes list or how to be, Mm -hmm. I feel like the the fruits of the Holy Spirit, the gifts, it, it's a little bit more down to earth, attainable, mm-hmm. things that we can actually put into practice mm-hmm. and understand. Mm-hmm. The depth of this, it goes beyond, it has, it, it, we have to do a lot of thinking on what it means what to be, mean? yeah, to be poor in spirit. And the yield is there. Mm-hmm. This is not about yield. This is saying that the spirit is freely giving this yes. to us. Yeah. Yeah. We just receive it. It's mm-hmm. why I, co- I connected those in the homework. Mm-hmm. Because, and we're going to go through the each day and we're going to look at what James has to say. Because mm-hmm. I think James is really helpful when we read through the sermon. Um, so much of the content of the book of James mirrors the content of the sermon, but James says it just a little bit differently that you're like, oh, that's what that meant. And so we're going to unpack it. Mm -hmm. But that's why in this first day, I wanted to just set the tone a little to be like, really the question that I wanted us to raise in ourselves was, how do we understand this? Mm -hmm. And how do we become more this way Mm -hmm. how do we so what is the answer to that question don't overthink it how do we become these things that god has in mind for us globally how do we can i just before i lose this thought i was thinking about this one point ever since you mentioned checklist Mm -hmm. so this is not to offend anyone else um, that believes something different or that follows something different. 
the the concept of being a Christian. You follow Christ. We Prince is a born and raised Catholic. My husband, mm -hmm. I married into the Catholic Church, but we are practicing Christians. So we have that background of difference, mm -hmm. denominational difference, denominational, mm -hmm. right? And what I noticed is there is an exclusivity that comes with Catholicism, and that you know I'm I'm not touching on that, but the checklist is what Prince, having lived as a Christian, uh, I'm sorry, as a Catholic, all his life. And after he married me, our goal for our family is to follow Christ, mm -hmm. raise our children, understanding the Bible, mm -hmm. the teachings and like what it means to live striving for salvation mm -hmm. and uh, living uh, our life for Christ. So with that being said, the, the word checklist, the reason that I brought that up is that is what we have. He has coined and said uh, in the Catholic Church, it's just a checklist. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me respond to that, if I may. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that I, in a, in I know, a totally different way. I know, I know. But I want to bring it together mm -hmm. because uh, this is probably a whole nother Bible study. Mm -hmm. But so I always say this. Some of the most faithful people I know are Catholics, mm -hmm. like deeply love and know and understand scripture and put me to shame mm -hmm. to not that I'm the not that I'm the standard, but like can really unpack it. Mm -hmm. And so I think I would almost say that we might be better suited understanding that as humans, as individuals, the checklist appeals to us. And so that's how we received what the Catholic Church taught. But what the Catholic Church was actually teaching was a life of liturgy that creates habit mm, yes, and exactly. embodies mm -hmm. These rituals, yes. which we sometimes in the Protestant church, mm -hmm. we disparage. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is that building in your body of liturgical, habitual, like get on your knees, mm -hmm. get on your knees mm -hmm. before a holy God. Mm -hmm. There are things that I think some people and even some priests may wrongly convey mm -hmm. but the idea behind mm -hmm. keep to these standards mm -hmm. is actually so biblical mm -hmm. i mean think yeah. about the old testament mm -hmm. and god was like do this mm -hmm. and do this the and discipline this, yes mm -hmm. the, and 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 we we call that spiritual in some cases we call that spiritual discipline liturgy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i would almost even say like we're poorer mm -hmm. for not for loosening that up. Well, it was when you a little. said, well, I just want to, I just wanted to, when you said external, when you were talking about the external and internal, yeah, that's what came to my mind about the yeah. checklist. I totally get it. I sometimes, totally get it. sometimes the sacraments can be very, um, can feel for some people empty. can mm -hmm. feel like outward actions only, but yeah. that's actually a problem with the person. It's not mm. a problem it's, with yeah, the right. That's not, not how, how you to internalize. Yeah. Exactly. That's when you met that I brought up this whole thing with the Catholicism and the checklist because of your uh, description of it being the yeah. external and the internal. Yes. Because anyone who can internalize that. Yep. And when I, I have to put my glasses back on, <laughs> but you know, when I am pure in heart, mm -hmm. And I can receive that in my heart. Yeah. That is internal. It's all supposed to be internal. Mm -hmm. You're 100% right. And yeah. I think we're saying the same thing, mm -hmm. but I'm always kind of protective of, um, you know, I just want to make sure that we 
see that there's value. Oh yeah, to that. we still yeah. go to yeah, yeah. church and, and, and practice. I, she's yeah. that's her favorite kind of it is service. My favorite kind of service. So some people really get that, mm-hmm. and some people don't, and yes. that's really a, that's really a spirit. That's a heart, a heart position posture thank you it's yeah so that's so good that you brought that up so and that can happen in any church yes exactly but But i'll say and then we need to yeah i'll wrap it but the reason that i like catholic mass very much is that sometimes not sometimes a lot of the time when i'm not feeling it Mm. you can still do all of the things Mm -hmm. and like be blessed and I th- and it, and it's not as easy to go to. It's just easier to go to Catholic Church doubting mm. than it is to go to Protestant Church because that you're just supposed to sit and listen mm. in Protestant Church. You're supposed to. Well, that's really, not really true. No, I feel like there's su- more heavy lifting there. There's more heavy lifting there, okay. uh, like emotionally heavy mm. lifting. And thus, I'm like, well, I'm just not gonna go mm. if I don't want to deal with heavy lifting. Like you're going with the expectation of okay, I have to feel and I have to understand. I have to feel and understand. You feel Whereas, like you're fake in it. If you yeah. Know. Whereas in Catholic Mass, you can go and you can participate the sacraments and almost feel better about yourself mm-hmm. or feel better about your walk without actually challenging a lot of things. But I. But that's a heart position. That's and that's a heart a position. No, that's a that's heart position. That's not a denominational Absolutely. flaw. Mm-hmm. That's no, it's a not. person. I'm sorry, yeah. but that's a personal it's flaw. It's a personal yeah. like flaw. Any person should be able to go to any church that honors God and and participate in the worship service and and have a connection with Jesus. I completely agree. It's a personal flaw. Yeah, it's a heart. A posture was a really Posture is very good. The reason that I would rather go to Catholic Mass than Protestant Church when doubting is because then at least I'm still going. That's what I think the Catholic Church All right, well, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole Mm -hmm. other thing. So how do we, how, what is the right heart posture um, to a desire to be these things? How do we do it? How? I think uh, to simplify it, as best as I could is just seek like you can't look at these things in you can't look at the beatitudes and say okay I need to be merciful I need to be pure in heart when you view it as a checklist like that you're overcomplicating it I don't think that's what God wants us to do he wants us to just come to him and seek him first and foremost not seeking to be pure in heart Mm -hmm. and I think there's a difference I think naturally that'll come being pure in heart and all the things that follow, but at the end of the day, he wants us to seek him. And through that, our heart posture will be changed yeah. by him. That's like, that's a supernatural thing that you can't explain. The fruit of the spirit. That will come that's, right. Yeah. that's right. And that just comes, God will change you in you seeking him in that way. And through that, he will change your heart posture yep. and you will slowly start to become. Yeah. These and we talk about sanctification in day two, so we'll leave it at Hi again, it's Paige. Thanks again for joining us in our study today. We hope that you found some great truths to apply to your life and encouragement for your faith as you continue to mature in your walk with Jesus. We here at Study With Friends are modeled more like a small group. We want to encourage you to continue your growth through the local church. 
If you don't have a church home, we encourage you to find one where the Bible is taught in every situation. Study with Friends is a completely donor-supported ministry, and if we have blessed you, would you consider donating to us? Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. We'd also love to stay connected. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can stream us on the go wherever you are with iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. If all that seems to be a bit too much for you, feel free to email us. You can find our email address on our website, studywithfriends.org. While you're there, you can check out a myriad of other resources we have that are all free for you. We hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time when we study with friends.